It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. More turnover in the Trump administration as two more see the door in the last two days. And Washington State is a leader in a few areas, spurring job dis- uh, destruction may actually be one of them. And the talk of reparations have moved past the talk stage to Bill phase in the U.S. House and Senate. But first, give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. It is the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. A happy Monday afternoon. Rob Francis, Ed Dawson with you, 547-1610, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation. 610kona.com, email if you'd like to send us, you can jump on as well. And on Twitter, at bottomline610 and at 610kona radio. Uh, we'll get you our poll question here in just a few minutes. But first, I want to get things started with our guest in studio, Representative Bill Jenkins from the 16th Legislative District. Not often we get to have uh, our Legislative Mondays in studio. Usually they're by phone. We're very happy to have you in studio with us today, sir. Appreciate you making time for us. No, thank you very much for having me, Rob and Ed. It it really is. It's an honor. I listen to your show more than you know. (laughs) Well, first of all, maybe uh, constituents would like an update on you personally before we we get into uh, some of the bills and the goings-on in in Olympia. Uh, Yeah, like, like I was saying when I walked in the studio... Ten ten weeks ago today was was having surgery. Uh, actually, it was uh, quadruple bypass surgery, which came totally unexpected. Came home one Friday night. I usually try to come home on the weekends like I did this weekend. Today was a light day. We start voting tomorrow, so I was able to stay over to be here. But came home Friday night, and man... The shoulders started hurting, and both arms started hurting, and I never knew a heart attack came from the shoulders. I've always been told it was one arm or, or the heart, and, you know, you're holding your heart. That wasn't the case. Uh, the next morning after it persisted, my wife and I went to the emergency ward, and sure enough, uh, had some problems, but it's been resolved, was able to get, and, and I, I'm very, very thankful um, for all the prayers and, and all the well wishes during that time, and, and, of course, to the doctors and the nurses over at Cadillac. They did just a tremendous job and was able to get back uh, to Olympia three weeks after that, um, and the doctor said it was okay. A lot of people didn't think it was, but but uh, it, 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 it felt felt confident. Good. Very and, good. And glad everything's going well, that, that, that there aren't any, any hang-ups after the fact, and you, you were able to get back to work. So my, well, very, very glad to see that. Well, there's a lot... Our numbers are horrible in in Olympia if you're a Republican. Um, In our case, it's uh, 57 to 41. And and, uh, if you get down to that 40, we're allowed to lose two votes to be able to to stay above 60 percent. That's what we need need to to keep the supermajority away. And and, uh, so we need every vote that we can get. 
No, no question in that regard. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the things uh, that are going on right now. You said you return back tomorrow. Uh, voting is going to become hot and heavy. We know the governor has already signed some pieces of legislation, though the the, the, the heavy lifting is, is yet in front of all of you. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, House Bill 1014. Uh, the financial responsibility for motorcycle operators. Uh, we know that this was one that you and I had talked about before the session started, uh, that you were putting forward on behalf of some constituents. Talk to us about where this is at right now and, and, and how hopeful you are on this particular bill getting signed by the governor. Well, um, I had a very good conversation with the, with the Senate minority leader, um, Senator Schessler, about all four of my bills that that are that that are um, in rules. So the big challenge is getting them pulled from rules. They're all there. Um, this one, ten uh, fourteen, I, I believe it will pass. It it went through Senate committee unanimously. Um, there is there is a lot of buy-in from the motorcycle groups, which I wasn't sure would happen when I first when when this policy first came because, you know, it's it's. I, I, I'm a conservative Republican, and, I, and, and personally, I don't like taxes, and I don't like regulations. And, of course, motorcycle tax is a regulation, but it's a common-sense regulation. The problem is you, people out there uh, riding on their motorcycles, I had two, two of my constituents that were, that were um, harmed because of uninsured motorcyclists. What happened was one of them, the uninsured motorcyclist, ran, ran into their, their, their house uh, and caused damage to their house. You put a claim in, as we all know, you put a claim in on your homeowner's policy, you got to pay your deductible and you get dinged for having a claim. And that's what happened to them. And then, and that wasn't fair. And then there was another person that was injured. Was, this was within the same week that was injured because, because the uninsured motorcyclist hit their vehicle and their vehicle didn't have uninsured motorist coverage. So they had to put a claim in on that and and had to pay a deductible so it's just not it's something that's not fair and there's buy-in the insurance companies were on board there was no opposition in either the house or or, or the senate so I'm, I'm expecting that that's going to get to the senate floor and get signed by the government we're, we're talking with representative bill jagan from the 16th legislative district here on the bottom line on your monday afternoon a lot of capital projects have been discussed. A lot of capital projects have been thrown around. Uh, talk to us, Representative Jenkins, about a few of them that uh, that you are involved in and that what we may see come to pass. Well, and I sure hope we do. I'm told told that there's a there's the, that that most likely they will be. Of course, it's got to be concurred. That the capital budget has to be concurred between the Senate and the House. Um, but these are these are our 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 district projects, and and usually they leave those alone. And I'm I'm happy to say that that the 16th district fared very well as far as capital budgets is concerned. Now, keep in mind, capital budget. When I'm talking about this this kind of money, this is money that that is going to be given away through the state to to one of the districts within the state. It, somebody's going to get this money. So they put it all into a bucket, and they give each district a certain portion. So I don't feel guilty about about this money 
coming coming to the people in the 16th district because they're for very good reasons. Um, a couple of them from around here, Benton City, they're getting a parking lot improvement at at, at one of the schools for 268000 And also, Benton City is in big need of things for people to do. And they're getting a sports complex, uh, money towards a sports complex for $582,000. I'm very happy about that. A couple of other ones locally, Benton County Museum in my hometown of Prosser, uh, they've been wanting to do an add-on, and they'll receive 103000 towards that. Um, very, very happy about that. But I think uh, one, one that means the most to me personally, and it's not in my district, the Boys and Girls Club is, is based basically here in Pasco, and that's my district. But this is for a new clubhouse that they're building in Kennewick, and, and, uh, and they're, they're going to be receiving $1,088,000 towards that clubhouse, and that's going to do a world of good for our kids. That's fantastic. Five four seven one six ten number. Bottom line news radio six ten K O N A. Going to take a quick timeout. Come back with more with Representative Bill Jenkins from the sixteenth legislative district. We're going to touch on some of the other things going on in Olympia. We know the budget is well. It's about that time to start uh, breaking down the budget. We'll talk about that with Representative Jenkins as well as give you a sneak peek on some potential legislation that he. And a fellow legislator may be introducing in 2020. Back with more of the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. Monday afternoon. Make sure you visit the Twitter page at Bottom Line 610. Get involved in today's poll question. Email open as well, 610-KONA.com. It's where you can also catch the podcasts if you miss a minute. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610-KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. This is the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Ed Dawson, Rob Francis, and our special in-studio guest. Every Monday, we talk to a lawmaker from Olympia this uh, day. Uh, we're lucky enough to have that lawmaker in studio with us, Rob, Representative Bill Jenkin from Prosser, and uh, talking about... A number of different uh, issues and and bills that are going on. Representative Jenkin, I saw something uh, come out of Olympia earlier today that kind of made me, you know, furrow my brow a little bit. We all know the makeup of both the House and the Senate and that the Democrats control uh, things and and they have been uh, really controlling matters in Olympia in both chambers. There is talk. It's not a done deal, but there is talk that some members of the legislature are preparing for an extra session. How can that be? (laughs) How is that possible that, you know, that they've got they're going through the budget, right? We've covered that on this program that, you know, the the Senate and the House, they're reconciling the the budgets and, you know, they're going to come together and and vote on this stuff uh, Pretty soon, you would think, um, you know, yeah, we're getting close to the end of the regular session, but they may not get done on time. What's going on with that? Well, that's a great question, Ed. And and uh, it is sort of mind boggling. Uh, we've all been thinking, yeah, we're going to get out on time with it. Really, the only vote that needs needs to uh, have supermajority, 60 percent uh, or better, is the uh, capital budget bond vote, um, which has already been held. So so they don't need any 60 percent. 
basically what what they need uh, right now is to get together as 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 the uh, House caucus and the Senate caucus for the Democrats to get together on what they really want, because we've been told all along that there is a little especially as of late that that there is a little bit of friction at least on the House side. I don't know too much about the Senate side, but at least on the House side, uh, on the Democrat caucus, uh, of a little infighting. And so if we don't get get out on time, it's not going to be on the Republican caucus, that's for sure. Um, It'll be due to the infighting is is the only thing I can see. And I did uh, hear something about that, too, and I was a little flabbergasted because We've all been going along thinking that, yeah, everything's going to be done on signing die uh, April 28th. Um, but who knows? Who knows how the legislature ends up? Well, we know that uh, one chamber has a capital gains slash income tax and one chamber does not. Do you suppose that that's the hang Those type of things. Yeah. In the House budget, the, the capital gains is a part of that. Uh, the Senate budget is not, but they they sort of went around that a little bit where to me it 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 sort of is um but but um the the and that could be a that could be something leading to it ed yeah uh, we're talking with representative bill jenkin from prosser here in studios here on the bottom line now representative jenkin a couple of the other pieces of legislation uh that you have that are uh awaiting action in the senate um one of those other bills, if I remember correctly, and I am going to quickly yank up my notes, is uh, concerning liquor-related privileges of students enrolled in certain degree programs. It's a House Bill 1563. It's like a, a wine-tasting bill. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the origin of that. Well, this, this is a fun bill. Um, from time to time, because I own a winery, and in the wine business, the Washington Wine Institute, Josh McDonald is their lobbyist, will come to me with a bill. And he did two years ago as well uh, that we were able to, to get through. And this one here, I think, is going to be very consequential because um, what it does for somebody that graduates from high school, they're, say they're 18 years old, they go into school, uh, and there's several schools, um, Walla Walla a community college for one there in Yakima Valley and in Grandview for another that have a fantastic uh, viticulture program. And so, so what the problem was before they could not learn the, um, uh, how, how to be, get into the wine business because of their age. They're not old enough to, to, uh, to drink the wine. Well, not in this case, not drink, but sip and spit. Um, to so they can they can be ready to go when they graduate to to head out and 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 uh, uh, make Washington's wine business even better than it is now because it's so important in this state. Uh, and so what this bill does it allows them to to um, to go to the programs to to go on field trips and learn winemaking. And and it will be strictly monitored. There's there will be people from the colleges, and the colleges are totally on board. WSU is another one that's on board um, to 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 um, <clears throat> ensure that that the kids um, learn a lot from this program and not out there uh, abusing alcohol or even drinking alcohol. 
So, so, and and the safeguards are put in that into that bill. I really fully expect the bill will get pulled from 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 Senate rules and go on to the floor. I, I again, I was speaking to Senator Schessler about this last week, and it's a good bill. I'm looking forward to this bill. Fantastic, Representative Bill Jagger of the 16th Legislative District joining us here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. How much of a battle? Have you guys had in the House, when I say you guys, I mean Republicans, the, the difference is much larger on in the House than it is in the Senate. Uh, but noticing some of the things that did not wind up in the budget um, for the House side, is it just their infighting? Because, look, there's a lot of things in these budgets the governor's not getting. I mean, the governor asked for a lot more spending. He asked for uh, quite a few things that are not being delivered by either budget. So is this a matter of legislators realizing that some of the things the governor is asking for just can't be done? Or are we also looking at an influx of freshman legislators that don't want to go back to their districts and run for re- and try to run for re-election on bad policy decisions? And that's uh, that's a great question. And, <clears throat> and, and you know... There are a lot of freshman legislature slaters that are were elected to to blue district. I mean, dark, dark blue districts, purple districts, um, quite a few. What's happened is that a lot of people have moved out of Seattle and move and moving up up the mountain way and and moving into districts and, and changing the color of those districts. So so we we did. We lost seven seven members and 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 that's quite a few. So like you say, those members don't want to go back after taking taking uh votes that are way, way left and that is a problem with within their caucus. The one thing that I will say, as far as the budget was concerned, when we were voting on the budget, well, it was a it was it was a long day, um, was that they we were able to get 12 of our 28 amendments um, through. So they were adopted. And that surprised our caucus that 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 the other side would would adopt so many of our amendments. So that was a good thing. And and what it did for for. Uh, well, it, it, it did a lot of different one. One of the amendments that was important to me was that and it's a very vocal group and, and they deserve to be um, the the uh, TERS one TERS and PERS one. Boy, they have not been able to keep up with with inflation at all um, for so many years. And last a couple of years ago, we were able we thought we were going to be able to get three percent, but we got them a one percent. And nobody was happy. People were happy that they got a little bit, but nobody was really satisfied. And but this year, the amendment was for three percent. So we're hoping that that hangs, um, because what's going to happen is when they go to concurrence, they're going to take take the Senate budget, which is less money than ours. And like we said before, it doesn't in- include some of the tax, like the capital gain. Um, and and they're going to concur. They're going to have a concurrence on that. And the problem is we may not have a whole lot of say on that because it's already been passed. It doesn't have to take another vote. There's no bond involved. They're just going to pick, pick and choose which, which things that they want to have in their budgets. And I'm concerned that we're going to be very underrepresented, and we are underrepresented as it is because of the votes. Um, so we'll see what happens when they do concurrence. Take a quick time out. Come back with more. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, Monday afternoon. 
Got a few more minutes with Representative Bill Jenkins from the 16th Legislative District. Do you have any questions? Shoot them to us via email, bottom line, uh, at 610k18.com. It's also where you can catch any of the shows you may have missed via podcast, 610k18.com. More of the show coming your way after this. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the Bottom Lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the Bottom Line, presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610-KONA. This is the Bottom Line, News Radio 610-KONA. Good Monday afternoon to you, Ed Dawson, Rob Francis, and you. Our special uh, Monday a legislative guest in studio today, Representative Bill Jenkins from Prosser, uh, talking about a myriad of topics, uh, the budget uh, talks that are going on, the different bills that are floating around, just uh, all all the uh, all the drama, I guess, uh, that is going on in the uh, state legislature. Absolutely. But, you know, we know that, that, that things, at least we believe, are getting ready to come to a conclusion as we're looking at budgets which means we can look ahead to the short session that will be coming up in 2020. And, Representative Jenkin, I understand that you and a fellow legislator are already working on something to introduce for that 2020 session. Yes, yes. Uh, represent, Representative Clippert and I, um, we had, we've had discussions about the, the, the needle, the, the needle exchange. And, Rob, you're the one that brought this up. Yeah, to to me and your concerns, and you've you've been you've you've been very diligent on on looking into this. I know both of you feel very passionately about this, and so what it was in particular was was that RCW sixty nine fifty four one two, and what that has to do with its prohibitive acts and pe- penalties, and and basically what it contradicts itself. I mean, you read it. It's obvious that it contradicts itself. And in in one area of the bill, um, it's 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 unlawful to to inject uh, or to use, and also, of course, to distribute uh, controlled substances. But then, on the the last, the fifth, the fifth paragraph, it comes out and it says it is it is lawful. This is the only time it says lawful. It is lawful for any person over the age of 18 to possess sterile herpidem- her- hyperdermic uh, syringes and needles for the purpose of reducing blood-borne diseases. So they say, so all of this, it's unlawful to do this and that, but then if you're over 18, it's lawful. So we need to, we need to, and, and both, both uh, Representative Clipper and I, Agree that we need to do something with that with that paragraph, um, like like um, Representative Clippert says. He says, and just like how it lays it out in here, it's legal to possess, but illegal to distribute. Um, and so we've got to we've got to get this squared away, and and we're we're going to work on this next session. It's got to be done fast. We only have sixty days, so to get a bill through in the short session. It's 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 you've got to do it in a hurry. So we'll have it pre-dropped before session starts. Fantastic. Yeah, that's that's the easy way to get a jump start. You get it pre-dropped. You have it written and, and ready to walk in as soon as you 
walk in the door, you drop it and let it and and get ready to roll. Well, and it's not only that. Um, before you pre-drop it, then you go and you and you talk to the chairs of the various committees that it may be going to, um, and and uh, uh, go go from there to get it done. Now, one of them would be um, the the committee that Representative Clippert is on, uh, ranking on, and so that'll be helpful if there if there is any type of fiscal, if there's money involved, then it has to go to appropriations. I don't see where we would need to have any fiscal impact on this, so we just might be able to get through one committee, which makes it a whole lot easier, especially in a short session. If you can stay away from appropriations, you're you're better off, and it's and and it's supplemental budget year anyway. So so it and and by the way, uh, this tomorrow is the deadline for fiscal committee. It's a fiscal committee cutoff. We already had our policy committee cutoff last Wednesday. So we're coming on cutoff uh, big time, um, I think, the rest of this session. And we're going to be probably voting late into the night each night, uh, probably even working Friday, maybe Saturday, just doing policy stuff from the Senate. You know, we, we got word Thursday afternoon, late Thursday afternoon, that Senator Mike Padden uh, was able to get an amendment put into the state Senate budget regarding not allocating any state funds to... Uh, safe injection, or more appropriately called heroin injection sites, uh, anywhere in the state of Washington. We know that's been a big battle in Seattle to get one of those open. Senator Patton's amendment was accepted and voted in as part of the state budget. You guys are going to be looking at that. Are you aware of anyone on the opposite side of the aisle that is thinking about raising a flag uh, to that amendment, House side, and wanting to remove that amendment, or does everybody kind of think it's a pretty good idea not to put taxpayer dollars to a heroin injection clinic? Well, it, it, I certainly think it's a it's a great idea. I, Senator Patton is is he's done a fantastic job in the Senate up up in the northern part, northeastern part of the state. Um, he the problem is that's a great question, but. I, I I didn't have any committee meetings on Friday. I, I left out of there Thursday as well. So we have not had any caucuses. We go back to caucus tomorrow. So there will be conversation on that. Um, if there is anybody uh, in the other in the other caucus in the House that object to it enough to where when 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 we're putting these concurring these budgets to remove that, I certainly hope not. But I can't say with any authority. It would be very interesting to see um, if anyone does go to pull that, especially after the federal government stepped in and said, if you open one, we're going to be knocking on your door. I get a lot of emails from people around here. I mean, there there are a lot of people who object who object to, to the needles and the needle exchanges. It's a big, big thing. Um, well, let's be honest. I mean, if they get one open over there, then the next thing is to try and get it over on this side. And if they're able to get it, if they're able to get one or two or three over on the west side, then they're going to try and get them over here. And and we don't want them over here. Well, yeah, but but they've been stymied in in Seattle. Yes, just recently which is, too. Which by, is the good news? By the what was that? The not uh, the U.S. Uh, attorney uh, in Seattle. US yes, attorney, right. Yeah, and so that's good news. So 
Um, maybe, maybe, maybe that that that's going to show us what's going to happen over on this side as well. Well, hopefully they don't come to pass on the west side, and, and, and it's not an issue we ever have to worry about here. And you know, of course, we discussed at length, uh, you know, the needle exchange issue on this program, and it's certainly one that is uh, that continues to be a subject uh, at city council meetings and and commissioners meetings and everything else. Um, as as something that people see, the the there are people that see the benefits and there are people that see the threats. And uh, I think the one thing we need with the legislation is we need clear legislation. We need clear statements in RCWs that say this is permitted, this is not permitted, this is allowed, this is not allowed. Instead of, as you alluded to in in RCW sixty nine fifty four twelve four things that read one thing, and then a statement at the bottom that says, uh, ignore the top four. Well, We're and, good. And everything that we're saying right here doesn't diminish the need to do something about our op- opioid crisis, because it is a crisis in the state. So something needs to be done with this, but this isn't what, it, what we need to do. I find it interesting, and I'm actually glad you brought that up, that people continue to talk about we need to address the issue, we need to address the crisis, but yet every time we turn around, we see more ideas uh, with hands out saying that we're going to address it, we're going to do this, and yet we keep hearing it's getting worse. Well, so so how do we, how do, as a legislator, let me ask you this question, as a legislator, how do you approach trying to solve a problem that really comes down to its its base point, which is the individual? Well, it's frustrating. It it, it really is an individual thing, and you can't you can't control a, a somebody else. I mean, that's what that's what the government tries to do, but 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 we know we can't. And and uh, so really, there you have to get at the core. This year. There's been a ranking on the housing committee, and and there's been a lot of parallels put to the housing. Okay, somebody becomes homeless, then they go out and they start doing, so they say, start doing drugs and it goes to opioids or whatever. But I disagree with that. I don't think that that is the core issue. I think the core issue is individuals, and it's and 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 uh, we we can't continue. We make it worse by trying to coddle people and, and try the entitlements that are involved in this needle exchange. Everything else that's involved to make it easier for people to do it, where we're thinking we're doing them good because we're going to save their lives. They're not going to OD. But that's not the, that's not the, the problem. The, the, the problem is, 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 is that, there, that we need to get, get the people that are in that situation. We do need to get them care. And we need to get them in and do our best to get them care um, and not and, and not uh, if they're exposed to the streets like there's always going to be that certain portion of people that that it's a lifestyle that are going to continue to be on the street. Um, so that that is a problem. But I, I don't really see how you fix that. You can't lock everybody up. There's not enough space in all the jails to lock everybody up. No, there's not. But but to find an avenue for people to get treatment, to seek treatment, to have treatment offered without having the ability to just satisfy a need. 
but to actually really be able to seek and get good quality treatment to move them in a positive direction in life is more of what we need and less of things that are like, okay, well, you don't have to go into treatment to get this. You don't have to talk to anybody to get this. It's not mandatory that you go into treatment to get this. Here you go. Have a nice day. Though that doesn't help, that doesn't solve the problem, it doesn't help the problem, but yet we have tax money that goes out that continues to fund things like this that don't that don't deal with the problem head on. That's just my opinion. There's a lot of enablers out there, and that that is the problem. That that is that's why I like, and it's not all about homeless. And I'll just make this point real quick: it's not all about home homelessness because there's people that are that are being enabled in other locations. Um, but what I've found, the homeless shelters that are faith-based, and there's several in Walla Walla, there's one that is and one that's not, um, and even here in Pasco. Um, there's a couple of them in the yes, Tri-Cities period. Yes. It, it, those, I think, have a better opportunity of getting people off off, off their, their problem. Representative Bill Jagum of the 16th Legislative District, Thanks for taking time out of your day to stop in and see us. We appreciate it. We know you got to head back to Olympia uh, for the rest of the heavy lifting, but uh, we appreciate you coming in this Monday and joining us and talking to us. Thank you very much. Got a four-and-a-half-hour drive ahead of me, and here we go. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. <laughs> Going to take a time out here on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. 547-1610 is the number. 509-547-1610. More of the show after this. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City on News Radio 610, KONA. You can also email us by going to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. So glad to have uh, Representative Bill Jenkins from the 16th Legislative District pop in today. It's yeah. uh, it's a lot more enjoyable when uh, when you have your guest in studio than over the phone. That's that's one thing. Um, but you know, I I don't, and I think we've kind of mentioned this throughout the the session. I don't envy their position. No, um, it is, and and again, we have seen the governor twice use his pen in the budget and so even though they may wind up coming to a consensus that doesn't mean the governor may not turn around take his pen and work with a few things to send it back um he's not and we we yeah he put it this way here's what we got and and i'll just throw this out there um a reporter with King Five, Drew Mickelson, ran into Inslee after his press conference or caught him right around the press conference. You mean the one he bolted from yeah. right after he signed his five bills into law? Yeah, he must have chased him down the hallway yelling. Uh, he got four things out of Inslee. Thinks the House and the Senate both fell short on spending. Shocking, considering yeah. he wanted to tax everybody to the moon. Yeah. 
He thinks the taxpayers should be paying for Washington State Patrol security on his campaign stops. Well, of course. Because he thinks he's entitled to it. Yeah. He's also all about the school districts raising the levies. Which, wait a second, didn't you just stammer and lisp for the last three years to how McCleary needed to get fixed? And how the state Supreme Court mandated McCleary needed to be taken care of? And now by all by saying you're behind school districts raising the levies, you're just going to create a whole other McCleary problem? Or don't you know how to do math? He didn't like the way the McCleary problem was fixed because it didn't go. It, we didn't tap into the reserve fund. We didn't raise taxes then. You know, we rearranged things. We didn't need to. Right. I know. But that, you know, that he's probably still upset about that. Well, that's too bad. Doesn't, it is. doesn't have an opinion yet on the daylight saving bill. Well, you know. Oh, my gosh. Everyone he, has an opinion about that. All he's got to do is sign it. Let the legislature do the heavy lifting. Go through the go through the writing of it. Approve it. Sign off on it. We can be on daylight saving time. Everybody will be happy. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, fellas, it's Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, uh, well, if I tell you... It's a yes or a no answer. Does that mean that you can only answer yes or no? Ideally, you should answer yes or no and be able to cut out shades of gray to get to the uh, answer of choice. Okay, so McMorris Rogers asks him a host of questions and reminds him repeatedly, please, Governor, just answer the question Yes or no? And one of the questions was, do you believe that we should knock down the Snake River Dams? Uh, a thousand words later, you didn't even, you, you, you couldn't tell what the answer was. I mean, it's, it's a joke, absolute joke. The guy's a joke. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike. Thanks for the call, the call. Mike. Uh, there, there, there is one sentence in addition to what Mike just said. Jay Inslee is a career politician. That's all you need to know. Career yep. politicians, look at, the, look at the career politicians on the national level, and even quite a few at the state level. They are incapable of answering yes or no. There either has to be a caveat or this long, drawn-out explanation before. No politician can come out and say yes or no, very few, let me just say, can come out and say yes or no. Do you know why? Because they're on the record as being either for or against something. And the longer you can cloud it and make it nice shades of gray, which I personally enjoy, then the longer you can keep voters possibly in your corner, possibly, by by not answering a question. You know, it's funny. Well, he's not for it, but he's not against it either. It's funny. You know, people go on Twitter and and take a lot of the things that this president says, and, and a lot of things this president says, quite honestly, they're ridiculous. I mean, there's a lot of things that he just says that you sit there and you look at yourself and you go, did he really just say that? He really just said that. Why did he say it? He's not a politician. He's not worried about. He's not worried about his position. He takes a position on just about everything. And that is what has opened him up a lot of times to um, just to, to, to the criticisms that, that he gets on social media from 
individuals that are used to following politicians that don't, as you said, take stances and paint, paint gray area and talk in a circle to try and forget you to forget the original question that you asked. Jay Inslee is a master of doing that. Yeah. He's a master of it, which is why he won't get elected, because now people want answers and they don't want to have to wade through the caca to get to the answer. Why do you think so many, I'm not trying to bash these folks, but why do you suppose so many lawyers end up being politicians? Is because they are great orators and can answer yes or no without saying yes or no. Take a time out. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two on deck. This is The Bottom Line. Stay with us.